listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome to episode number 177. AEW just finished a big week with shows in the Chicago area, plus Forbidden Door this past weekend. WWE Money in the Bank is right around the corner, plus we have Freelance, Warrior, and Now That's Wrestling, among other shows in the area coming up this weekend. And with Warrior Wrestling recently surpassing its 5th anniversary and returning with Friday Night Lights this Friday night, we welcome back the men behind Warrior Wrestling, Steve Tortorello and Eric Hamilton. You'll get all that right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. Stay tuned. Wrestling fans often talk about psychology in the squared circle, but what about your individual psychology and mental health? The counselors at True Heights Treatment offer in-person or virtual appointments. To learn more, go to www.trueheightstx.com or give them a call at 708-248-7039. My name is Storm Grayson. I'm your freelance wrestling world champion. And you're listening to the Windy City Slam Podcast. All right, back here on Windy City Slam Podcast. And before we get into all of the wrestling action, I would just like to pay a small tribute to the Iron Sheik who passed away a couple weeks ago. I just didn't have it in my notes the last couple of weeks to mention it. And now I did. And he's definitely worth mentioning because... One of the greatest heels of the 80s, the rock and wrestling era, the Hogan era, you name it. He was known as Hussein Khosro Ali Vazili, and he passed away a couple weeks ago at the age of 81. He was a former WWE champion for a month back from December 1983 until January 1984. He defeated Bob Backlund via submission when Backlund's manager Arnold Skolan threw in the towel for Backlund when Sheik had the camel clutch on him. And then that very next month, the birth of Hulkamania in WWE and history was changed forever when Hulk Hogan defeated the Iron Sheik for that championship at Madison Square Garden. Iron Sheik, great heel at the time, great transitional champion. He definitely planted the seeds for the emergence of Hulkamania. He was also a former tag team champion of Nikolai Volkov. He also teamed up with Sergeant Slaughter as Colonel Mustafa. And rest in peace, Iron Sheik. Thank you for all the memories for the laughs, for the entertainment, for your dedication to not only his craft in the professional ranks, but also as an assistant coach for the U.S. Olympic team back in the day. All right, AEW this past week had a run of shows in Chicago conclude this past Wednesday night with a live Dynamite and a Rampage taping. And I just want to shout out Axel Rico, one-man dynasty Darius Luttrell, and Coda Hernandez as they competed against the acclaim and daddy-ass Billy Gunn in a six-man tag last Friday night on Rampage. Unfortunately for Axel, Darius, and Coda, the result was not in their favor, but it was really cool to see all three of these guys on TV, three of my favorite people. I go back with one-man dynasty Darius Troll, like 13 years or so back to UIC basketball, and, and he's been a terrific athlete coming along in Freelance Academy the last few years, as well as Coda Hernandez, and they've made a great team in Freelance Underground, Darius and Coda, almost one year as Freelance Underground Tag Team Champions, and Axel Rico, what have I not said about Axel Rico, multiple champion in several promotions, former CSW champion, and just an all-around great guy. Congratulations to those three dudes, Axel Rico, Darius Latrell, and Coda Hernandez for their appearance on AEW Rampage. And also, the arachnid, the spider, Blair Onyx, appeared during the concession stand brawl on Dynamite last week between Jeff Jarrett and Mark Briscoe. She actually gave an assist to Mark Briscoe, tossing water in the face of Briscoe to clear his eyes after the dastardly Karen Jarrett squirted ketchup in Briscoe's eyes. So it was cool to see 
Blur Onyx, part of the show as well. And this past weekend at AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling's Forbidden Door, some of the highlights for me were in the main event, Brian Danielson defeated Kaz Okada by a submission. And for the, almost the entire second half of that match, Danielson was working with, I believe, a broken forearm. So pretty amazing stuff right there. And this was a clash between two of the best in the world. And speaking of a clash between two of the best in the world, we had the IWGP United States Championship, former Warrior Wrestling Champion Will Ospreay with Don Callis, pins Kenny Omega to win the title. And another featured match for me was the AEW World Championship. MJF retains the title, pinning Hiroshi Tanahashi. And... Forbidden Door, a great concept. I love seeing the stars of AEW intermingle with the stars of New Japan. Pretty cool stuff right there. Saturday, July the 1st, we have WWE's Money in the Bank at the O2 Arena in London. WWE Network, 2 p.m. Central on Saturday. Catch it on Peacock in the United States. And in your men's Money in the Bank, seven men have been entered into this match. We have Ricochet, Shinsuke Nakamura, LA Knight, Santos Escobar, Butch, Damian Priest, and Logan Paul. I mean, they could go any different way in this match. I would love to see LA Knight with the briefcase. I think that would be awesome. And Santos Escobar would be pretty cool. Butch would be pretty cool. Damian Priest would be cool, too. Just the possibilities for the winner are endless. And even Logan Paul, despite the fact I really don't want to see him win, he could also be pretty intriguing with that briefcase. And in the women's Money in the Bank match, we have Zelina Vega versus Becky Lynch versus Zoe Stark versus Bailey versus EO Sky versus Trish Stratus. So WWE Hall of Famer Trish Stratus is actually in this match, and that's quite intriguing in and of itself. Her protege Zoe Stark also in the match, and then we will have a little bit of a damage control union with Bailey and EO Sky. Will they work together? And then you have the underdog Zelina Vega and Becky Lynch. So outstanding six-pack in this women's money in the bank. And then, in your tag team main event, and this is going to be crazy, the bloodline explodes Roman Reigns and Sosa Sokoa with Paul Heyman taking on the Usos of Jay and Jimmy Uso. And the bloodline explodes. It's the bloodline civil war. The latest twists and turns with the Usos now on the other side of Roman Reigns. And then, your World Heavyweight Championship, we have Seth freaking Rollins defending against Judgment Day's Finn Balor. And, and this should be a really good and a really intriguing bout, Cody Rhodes faces Dominic Mysterio with Rhea Ripley. Man, that heat that Dominic gets now is just amazing, and the kid has actually worked really hard to get into his position, and this is going to be an outstanding match in my opinion. And then we have the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship, Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler defend against the returning Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. And also coming up on SmackDown this Friday night for the women's championship there, we have Charlotte Flair challenging Asuka. That should also be really good. All right, moving on to the local scene. Coming up this week, Wednesday, June the 28th, Janesville Wrestling Alliance presents Art Rageous at the Rock County Historical Society in Janesville, Wisconsin. And on Thursday night, we have multiple shows. We have Freelance Wrestling's Ring of Rage at the Emporium Arcade Bar in Logan Square. And in your main event, Freelance World Champion Storm Grayson will defend against Craig Mitchell. And that was a match that was postponed from a few weeks ago because Mitchell couldn't make the show. There was, I don't even know what the reason was, but he was not available. But now Craig will get his shot at Storm Grayson, and it should be a really good match. And then we have the Freelance Legacy Championship. The champion, Brian Keith, defends against Coda Hernandez. And this is going to be really good, too. Coda has been on a roll. He's defeated Isaiah Velasquez a couple of times recently, kind of building up his singles run. And now, can he dethrone Brian Keith? Tag team action sees the former freelance tag team champions, the Bang Bros, Davey Bang and August Matthews, take on the popular Bussy, Effie, and Alley Catch. And then we have Cole Radrick facing Shane Mercer, and in Mercer's corner will be James Russo. And also in singles competition, we have Dylan McQueen versus Jaden Newman. And a couple of questions coming into the show. Will we see the new freelance tag team champions, GPA and Laney? And... 
What about Trevor Outlaw and his beef with referee Dan Perch? We'll see what develops this Thursday night at the Emporium Arcade Bar in Logan Square. Also Thursday night, June the 29th, we have Eagle Pro Wrestling at the Windy City Thunderbolts game at Ozinga Field in Crestwood. First pitch of the game is 635, and then there'll be an hour of wrestling post-game. So Robert Eagle and Anthony and his friends and allies will be putting on another great show in Crestwood. And Friday night, June the 30th, we have Warrior Wrestling's Friday Night Lights. First show for them in over three months. Back at where it started at Marion Catholic High School. On the football field, Dave Matteo Field in Chicago Heights. Bell time is 7 p.m. Fan Fest is at 5. And in addition to the great card we're going to talk about in just a few minutes with Steve Tortorello and Eric Hamilton, we have an added match of Sky Blue versus Heather Reckless. That should be pretty good. We've seen it in CSW. And those two are great talents. And obviously, AEW, Sky Blue, and Heather Reckless, You know, who knows when she's going to be signed? It could be very soon. And then Friday night, June the 30th, we have ICW Milwaukee presenting Summer Slaughter at The Bar in West Dallas. And Saturday afternoon, now that's wrestling, beers, brats, and beatdowns on July the 1st. It'll be at the American Legion Post 888 in Northlake, Illinois. Bell time is 5 p.m. And this features the now championship with the Spectre, Jaden Mercer, defending against Dreambreaker, Aaron Stone. And also the One Fall Entertainment Strong Style Championship will be on the line when Backwoods Brown defends against Classic Alpha. And then it's Brock Hall and Nathan Gust in a one-on-one match. And when Cousins Collide, we have Matt Rail versus Mike Jarek. Plus you're going to see Perfection, Marvelous Ethan Matthews, and much, much more. So now that's wrestling's coming into the Chicago area, they usually run shows north of Milwaukee up in Wisconsin, but it's kind of cool to see them come down here, especially since there's some Illinois talents on their shows as well. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk Warrior Wrestling's fifth anniversary. We're going to talk Friday Night Lights with the men behind Warrior Wrestling, Steve Tortorello and Eric Hamilton. Stay tuned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your boy, Mason Perks, and you're listening to Windy City Slam, baby. The best podcast the shy has to offer on professional wrestling. So turn it up. Turn up. It's your boy, Mason Perks. And you're listening to Windy City Slam Podcast. Yeah. Want to get more customers for your business? Promoters. Do you want more exposure for your upcoming event? Windy City Slam Podcast can be your tag team partner. Advertise with Windy City Slam and reach wrestling fans in the Chicagoland area and in the Midwest. Message us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or email MikePankow at WindyCitySlam.com. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-N-K-O-W at WindyCitySlam.com. SSW Tag Team Champion, the Punk Rock Prince, Jordan Cross, here live at the Broad Stop in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And you are checking out my best friends over at Windy City Slam Podcast. Mike Pankow, you are the man. Make sure to subscribe, like, follow, share, and everything else. And you can follow me at The Jordan Cross. I am the Punk Rock Prince. Thank you. All right, back here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So it's been a while since I've had these guys on the show, but I'm very excited to have them back. With Warrior Wrestling recently surpassing its fifth anniversary and returning with Friday Night Lights on Friday night, June the 30th, we welcome back the men behind Warrior Wrestling, Steve Tortorello and Eric Hamilton. Guys, how you doing? Doing well, Mike. Happy to be back. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yep. All right. So congratulations on surpassing five years with Warrior Wrestling. And there's been a lot of ups and a few downs over the years. So talk a little about this whole thing, making it five years with some great memories. Yeah, it's weird. So I'm not naturally a person who reminisces about stuff and puts stuff into context. So the the anniversary came and passed and somebody texted me like, happy five-year anniversary. I was like, when I get married, like, what are we talking? And I didn't even realize it was, it was the date. I think it's been, it's been crazy, right? Like it's been like everything Eric and I have done over the 20 something years that we've known each other. It's been an adventure and it's been fun. And I love being able to do it with my best friend. And, um, 
Yeah, I mean, we, like we've we've done some really cool stuff. When you sit back and look at it, like we have produced some really great wrestling. And not that we were the ones in the ring doing it, right? Obviously, like we just give a platform to great performers. But I'm really proud of what we've put together. And if the meteor hits tomorrow and all we get is 30 shows in five years, I'm damn proud of what we've done. Yeah, when we when we started, nothing was promised. Uh, it, you know, it, it's been five years, but show one was always a one-off, one-time, you know, there's, there's, there is no guarantee of tomorrow because we didn't know how it would work. We didn't know uh, if, 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 we didn't even know when we first pitched it, if the school would, would say, okay, um, you know, looking back on, you know, six years ago, it, it sounds kind of crazy when we, when, when Steve first pitched the idea to me and um, the, the fact that we're here at all is, is incredible. And uh, so, yeah, just like Steve said, whatever, you know, what, whatever happens, we didn't even, I don't even think we communicated actually on that five-year anniversary that day uh, is end of the school year. Things were crazy. We're both teachers. And so uh, I, I actually, that, that, like you said, that date came and passed right over my head and I didn't even realize it until you said that. So thanks for bringing that to our attention, actually. Yeah, now Warrior Wrestling returns this Friday night, June the 30th with Friday Night Lights at Dave Matteo Field on the campus of Marion Catholic High School in South Suburban Chicago Heights. Showtime is 7 p.m. And we have a VIP fan fest that goes from 5 to 6.30. And the gates open for non-VIP fans at 6.30. This is going to be a hell of a show. Great to see Warrior coming back. And it's also being billed as the last show at Marion Catholic. So why is that? Great question, Mike. Uh, so as some of us have talked before privately, um, I'm, I'm, I'm known as Principal Steve. I've been the principal of Marion Catholic High School for the last nine school years and worked there for several years before. But my time as principal at Marion is coming to an end. I'm moving on to a new job with the Archdiocese of Chicago, working with some Catholic grade school principals. And so that venue, Marion, was my office, essentially. It's where we were every day. It's what we knew. It's where we knew uh, all the people and all the things. And there was a reason we ran there because it was home. We happened to have an incredible set of venues attached to where I work. And so I won't be working there anymore. I'll be having a different job. And so as we run in Chicago in the future, we'll just be running different Chicago venues. We've run Talia Hall. We've run Malcolm X College. We've run Cicero Stadium. So we'll be looking at um, being in other places, hopefully closer to the city as well. But um, we're not getting kicked out of Marion. We know wrestlers burned down anything or destroyed anything, but simply a closing of the chapter for me. So a closing the chapter for Warrior. Yeah, and Marion's been a great host. Um, a lot of the the proceeds in the past for early shows, I know, went toward programs over at Marion, which was really, really cool. So uh, I'm going to kind of miss having the shows over there. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. You know, when we first did our, our first show outside of Marion, when we took the show on the road, it was an odd feeling. But then we kind of got used to it, and now we've become a little bit of a traveling circus. So there's definitely some member berries at home that will always be home, always be the birthplace of Warrior. But Warrior is now a show on the road. Love the South Park reference there with member berries, yes. <laughs> I, I learned that from Eric years ago, and I always feel it. <laughs> so um, going back to Friday Night Lights, it's going to be similar to the stadium series shows of 2020 and 2021, where fans bring their own chairs and refreshments and all that, right? Correct. Yeah. And actually, the original one we did was called Friday Night Lights. It was Eric's idea. We did it at the, the start of the pandemic before we then transitioned it into the stadium series. So it's that same model. You pick your seat on the field or in the bleachers, and it's really a festival picnic atmosphere. Yeah, Eric, uh, coming up with that idea at the time, I mean, the world was going to hell. Um, a lot of bad stuff was happening. So you wanted to try to figure out something where you can involve the fans, but at the same time, not put them in danger. Yeah, uh, I mean, so so that idea actually started, the idea for Friday Night Lights started years before uh, the pandemic. I think I pitched it first in like uh, 2018 or 19. Um, and it was supposed to be like a, uh, a like a Frank the Clown barbecue kind of thing. And it, it was, it was one of those things where, it, so one of the things I'm personally that I bring to the table that I'm really good at is having a really good idea at a really bad time. So like, I'll, I'll have an idea that just doesn't work for whatever reason. And, and it won't work for a few months, days, years, shows, whatever. But then eventually we, we get to the point where it's like, Steve will come up to me and be like, hey, remember that thing you pitched? And I'm like, no, that was so long ago. I've completely forgotten. He's like, well, I didn't forget. And I think now is the right time to do it. And that's essentially what Friday Night Lights was. Um, I remember I was sitting in the, the, um, 
patio in my backyard. I was on the phone with Steve. We were bored out of our minds. Uh, you know, school had closed down back in March and, and we'd all been home. And so the end of the year was crazy. And we were kind of in the middle of the summer. And, and, and I think one of us said, you know, like, man, if only we could run a show right now, like literally everyone's available. And, and it kind of just grew from there. And, and it was, it was probably one of the, the single things that I'm most proud of in wrestling that, that I've been able to contribute to wrestling, because uh, as Steve said, we're not in the ring. We're not the ones putting our bodies and lives on the lines for, for everyone's entertainment. We're, we're the guys in the back with headsets and, you know, uh, radios. So our contribution to the world of wrestling is very limited, uh, or at least our personal contribution. And so like, to be able to do that and kind of bring it back. And then the dominoes that fell after with AEW bringing fans back and, and even the Jacksonville Jaguars brought fans back after that. Like there was, there was kind of just a cool butterfly effect, I guess, you know, we, we were just kind of the little butterfly flapping our wings in the football field over at Marion. And then a lot of really cool things happened kind of not necessarily because of that, but kind of in, in line with that. So that's definitely something I'm very, very proud of. And, um, that, that we were very lucky to be able to do and do it well under Steve's leadership. And so it's uh, it's nice to bring it back. And, and two other thoughts, just to piggyback on that, Mike, not to hijack your interview, but I'm hijacking your interview. Um, so when, when that summer, we're getting back as a society to limited capacity at events and the governor in the state of Illinois released, here are the guidelines for what you can do for events in Illinois. And I had been kind of itching and itching to figure something out. And I read the guidelines and I literally went, this is Eric's idea, right? Like everything in these guidelines is the idea Eric had previously pitched. And Eric mentioned a minute ago too, a second thing to share that uh, nobody else was running, nothing else was happening. You know, there were a lot of people in wrestling watching the first Friday Night Lights because they were texting us or they were texting the stars that were on the show. And that was a moment of like, oh, wow, like a lot of people in wrestling are watching us right now because nothing else is going on and so that was a really cool moment too to realize like you know the the, the higher ups and some of the big stars at least that night were watching warrior wrestling again friday night lights will be back at marion catholic high school dave Matteo field the football field on campus in chicago heights the field seats are going to be 50 dollars. the bleachers are going to be 35 and if you want to attend vip fan fest that's 50 dollars. and the cool thing about this is this is kind of going back to earlier warrior wrestling for the most part Autographs and, and photos with all talent is included, except for Matt Cardona, who will be charging separately. So kind of cool to see the old Warrior Wrestling Fan Fest kind of come back in terms of being able to, to see all the talent and get pictures with them and autographs with them pretty much. Yeah, we love that uh, elements. Uh, I think it is, it's what one of the things that makes Warrior special is that kind of festival atmosphere before the show starts. And so we're happy to have uh, everybody back and see everybody. Cardona is Cardona. He's, uh, you know, he's, he is who he is. So he's not going to be part of that. He'll be available during the same time, but off in his own world. But everybody else is part of it. So if you want to meet Vikingo, if you want to meet Takeshita, Gringo Loco, any of the other great stars, they're all part of that fan festing. That's a great deal. And also, if you even have to pay extra for Cardona, it's worth it. He's a great guy. Yeah. He's the king of the Indies. He, he's the belt collector. And we'll get into the card in just a second. He's looking to collect another belt at Warrior Wrestling. Yes, sir. All right, All right to the card now. Uh, right now, there are six matches announced. And let's go ahead and pull that up right now. For the Warrior Wrestling Championship, or should I say the truly blessed Warrior Wrestling World Championship, Casey Navarro with Frank the Clown at his side defends the title against the aforementioned indie guide Matt Cardona. Yeah, we're excited about this one. So as you said, you know, the indie god has been truly that collecting titles all over independent wrestling. I believe he's won seven this year. And now he sets his sights on what we think is one of the most prestigious titles in independent wrestling, the Warrior Wrestling World Championship. So will Matt Cardona add to his collection and take over Warrior as well? Or will Casey Navarro with Frank the Clown find some way to prevail? And then the other question too is, who is the audience rooting for in this? Because... Matt Cardona has not endeared himself to indie wrestling fans. And anyone who's been to Warrior Wrestling knows that Frank the Clown is not exactly uh, public friend number one. And Casey has aligned himself with Frank. So it's going to be a, a lot of question marks going into this title match. I'd love to see Cardona come out of this with the with the title. I mean, I, the fact that he's just collecting belts from almost every 
well-known independent promotion is a pretty cool thing. Yeah, it's definitely unique, and it's definitely uh, made him a hot commodity right now. Turning to Navarro, uh, he's a kid that came in, just had a couple of, you know, kind of mid-card matches, and all of a sudden he just started shining. Even while losing matches, he kind of opened your eyes, and then he won the GMSI uh, medallion, and then he cashed in against uh, Will Ospreay and everybody else in the War of Attrition last year. So what do you think about his development? I'll let Eric start this one off. What's your thoughts on KC? So KC, I remember uh, the very first time we had KC on the show was actually one of those stadium series shows. I think he, I want to say it was Cole Radrick maybe was yeah. his first, very first match with with Warrior uh, out on the football field. Um, he did a, a couple more matches with us throughout that stadium series. So he is no, you know, he's no rookie when it comes to a uh, outside football stadium atmosphere show. We all know Frank's history with the uh, stadium series and the way he kind of landed himself uh, center stage with uh, with us out there. So it'd be interesting to see those two, but but Casey specifically, um, he shined from the moment he walked through the door, you know, as a person, he is, he's an incredible person, wonderful human being. Um, one of the guys that, that I think a locker room kind of gravitates towards his energy, um, his kindness, his, um, just kind of overall vibe is just somebody you want to be around and want to be with. So it was fun watching him kind of go through, we kept throwing challenges at him from a, from a booking standpoint. And um, every single time we walked away from a KC match going like, this kid's got it. Like, you you know, you, you don't know how to describe what it is. You just know it when you see it. And that's KC Navarro. He's got, he's got everything. And, and he's, and it's, it's been fun to watch him start putting it all together, culminating with kind of the moment that he realized uh, it was his time and to, to take down the King at the time, the, the warrior champion was, was Will Ospreay, who uh, is no, you know, no, no small feat. They uh, what's that, that uh, you know, if you come for the King, you better not miss kind of thing. And uh, Casey saw his opportunity and, and he took it and he's been running with it ever since. We're honored that he's he's taking our belt around the world, quite literally, uh, and, and defending it every chance he gets. He has really leaned into this idea of being the, the warrior champion and turning it into a true world title. We're... We, there, there are some, you know, there, there are some times that we wish he had picked better friends, uh, you know, and as uh, educators of middle school and high school students, Steve and I have seen that time and time again, great kid goes and gets in with the wrong crowd. And I think that's all that this is for Casey. Hopefully, you know, hopefully he'll, uh, he'll wake up and kind of see that uh, the, the Frank might not be the best people to associate with. And, and I think that you know, if and when that happens, I think we'll see a whole nother level from from Casey Navarro as well when he's standing on his own two feet. And you guys mentioned Frank the Clown and landings at Warrior Wrestling at the Stadium Series. One, obviously, was the helicopter, and that was absolutely amazing. And to see him come down with the, in the chopper and all that, that it was a great visual for in person and watching over on pay-per-view. But his other famous landing was behind the bleachers when Lance Archer dumped him during the match with Robert Ego Anthony. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I would say a third was he was the landing pad for Joey Janela when Janela oh, jumped yeah. off the goalpost with a swanton bomb on him and Robert Ego Anthony. So, I mean, Frank has a top three moments of destruction in some sort or another in the stadium series, landing with that helicopter, which was a scary moment, getting dumped off the bleachers and getting squished by Janela. Yeah, and the Janela thing off the goalpost, that made it on the ESPN programming. It sure did in one of those weird, weird moments. Yeah, it was pretty darn cool. All right, go back to the card now. We have, for the Warrior Wrestling Lucha Championship, we have the champion, Chicago's own Lucha legend, Gringo Loco, defending against the returning El Hijo del Vikingo, the former Lucha champion, and a debuting Gabriel Fueza in a triple threat match. So take me through this a little bit. Yeah, so we've been very blessed. Obviously, at Warrior, we focused quite a bit on Lucha Libre over the years, and we've been blessed to have incredible people hold that title. In fact, the Lucha Libre title was dreamt up while Eric and I were at WrestleMania in Tampa, I think, a couple of years ago, and the original War of Attrition Lucha match was dreamt up there over brunch at Margarita's, I think. And yeah. uh, 
since then, it, it's been on a tear, right? Aramis held it. Sam Adonis held it. Vikingo has held it. And now Gringo Local holds it. Vikingo obviously setting the world on fire right now. And Gringo as well. He's been on a lot of ROH, a lot of AEW as of late, really getting to show his stuff, including main eventing last night in uh, the Wintrust Arena for the ROH taping after Dynamite Rampage with Vikingo and Commander and Pentagon and Phoenix, etc. So we know that the two of them are going to have an incredible contest. Vikingo's looking to get that belt back. Gringo is looking to prove that he is among the elite. And the third piece of that puzzle is Gabriel Fuerza, who comes to us. He's Mexican-born, Canadian-raised. He has been an absolutely outstanding member of the Canadian independent wrestling scene in the Toronto area. Uh, folks swear by him. And that's one of the things that Eric and I always try to do is listen to the wrestlers, the competitors. Who do they respect? Who do they think deserves a platform or a break? And Fuerza is a guy, I don't know if you, you noticed, when we announced him, Twitter blew up with wrestlers and promoters and fans saying how excited they were for him to get this opportunity. So if you've never heard of him before, that's going to change Friday night, June 30th. And giving people a chance at Warrior Wrestling, that's what you guys have been all about. And we're going to get, in that, get into that in a little bit uh, once we're done talking about the card. And I, I think Warrior Wrestling has been a launching pad for a lot of great careers in professional wrestling. So let's talk a little bit about the next match. And at one point, Kanosuke Takeshita would have been a babyface, but now he's aligned with Don Callis. He's going to be a big time heel, and I assume he will be a heel here when he takes on the fan favorite Warhorse. Yeah, I would. I don't know, right? So it's one of those things where yes, he has been dastardly on AEW programming, but people also just love Takeshita. So I think there will be some people that cheer him vociferously. There will some be some people that boo him. Mm-hmm. It's the talent of Takeshita that shines through that people like, whether he's a baby face or a heel, I think. Agreed. Yeah, he. Uh, we first had him back in uh, South Bend uh, not too long ago when he took on um, uh, Zach Wentz, and it was uh, an, an incredible match. And like you said, his talent really shined through. Being able to see it up close like that, you know, on, on TV or in a giant arena is one thing, but to be able to see it up close, just, uh, you know, uh, feet away from you it, it really shined through and we know warhorse very well we are well aware of his talent and his ability in the ring he has challenged for the warrior title in the past he has um had some incredible matches with us as well including another i think he he may have scored the only touchdown in uh stadium series history so you know the the, the two of them the, between their their talent and skill and, and putting them together in the ring and, and kind of just watching what happens I, I, we're going to see some fireworks. We're going to see some explosions in that match. And the next match features two guys, actually three guys that I've really kind of fallen in love with over the last few years in Chicagoland and Midwestern independent wrestling. You have Frank the Clown LLCs, FTC LLCs, Storm Grayson with Trevor Outlaw in his corner, taking on the luckiest punk, and he's on a roll right now, Jordan Cross. And quite frankly, I think the winner of this match could be in line for a Warrior Wrestling Championship match. That's an interesting proposition, Mike. I, I think definitely with the role Jordan is on, and if Storm were to win, is he challenging? If Presuming KC retains, is he challenging his own stablemate for the title? You're right that Storm has been on fire the last couple of years. And, and one of the best things, Eric and I talk about this all time with performers. In fact, we were talking about it with uh, someone I won't name, an AEW performer last night at uh, Dynamite, is seeing them put it all together. You see some raw talent, you see hard work, you see them finding their own voice and their own personhood or their persona, and then they put it all together and they become who they're going to be. And, and whether that's Warhorse, right? When Jake Parnell went from just Jake Parnell, the Warhorse, to becoming Warhorse, he, he became a different person. It's almost like a mighty morphing Power Ranger. He morphed. Same thing with Dan the Dad, and there are others out there as well. I think in the last year and a half, Storm Grayson has put it together and become this world-caliber talent that we all saw in the makings, and now it has happened. Similarly, I think Jordan Cross has put a lot of things together and found who he is, and luck has found him. So this is really two guys who are on their way up, and the question is, which one's going to climb over the other one? And Jordan Cross, I believe, on Warrior Wrestling main card matches is undefeated. Correct. Yeah. The only loss, ironically enough, that I believe Jordan had at a Warrior show was against 
Storm's buddy, Trevor Outlaw, on a pre-show. Correct. Yeah. And as a personal aside, all three of these guys, and I'm, well, I'm probably killing kayfabe with Trevor, but three of the best guys I've met over the past five years covering for Windy City Slam. Just terrific talents, terrific people, good-hearted people, and I just love seeing all three of these guys succeed on a bigger stage. Trevor's going to be so mad at you. Tre- Trevor and Storm, and 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 uh, those two specifically, you know, the the phrase "you love to hate them." It it is it is truly a, a fun experience hating those two men. And uh, we at Warrior, we also love to hate them as well. Well, Trevor just accused me of gaslighting him again, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jordan Cross, it, I've seen him since the beginning when he was just still playing cosplay wrestler at wizard world and stuff like that. And just grow into what he's become just an amazing talent. And and you guys said it about storm Grayson, the current freelance wrestling world champion. This is going to be a terrific match. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. No, just special talents. And and we're happy to have, we're happy to be this stop on their journey to the top. It'll be interesting to see. uh, Like, I'm curious if like, like we've said, Jordan, you know, he, he owns it. He's the luckiest man in warrior wrestling. He is, gone in into some situations where people thought he wouldn't be able to get out of any and, and and luck has been on his side it'll be interesting to see if he has enough luck to overcome the the two men that we we mentioned earlier uh both storm and trevor because it it will take it may take all of his luck in order to overcome those two because they have not been known to play fair in the past so luck might not be enough this time mm-hmm. And with Jordan, too, he started out with you guys as a behind-the-scenes guy, helping out at the meet-and-greets, driving talent, doing anything and everything that you guys needed of him. And I'm just so glad he has this opportunity now. The first time I met Jordan was actually at one of the Stadium Series shows, I think, back in the summer of 20. And and he, I mean, it was a hot day. I mean, it was it was noon. We were just loading in. We were, we were getting everything set up on the field. And here comes little Jordan cross. He's, I mean, he was probably, I think he was wearing like khaki pants and like a button down shirt and tie. And it was just, it was just one of those things where it was like, okay, this kid takes himself seriously. You know what I mean? And he, like you said, he has done everything. He is the, the, one of the best human beings in the world and, and just also happens to be an incredible wrestler. So again, uh, love Jordan. We'll hope, hopefully he can pull it off. And this next match has a couple of guys that have been on fire as well over the last couple of years. We have the former freelance wrestling world tag team champions in the Bang Bros, Davey Bang and August Matthews. They're also the Black Label Pro tag team champions, I believe, at this point. And they're taking on the fun team of veteran Matt Nix and a very cool and very exciting young up-and-comer, sort of incredible Iverson. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, not only do you have great skill in this match, you've got really enjoyable and entertaining characters. And again, I think this is one of those cases of listening to the talent. We talked at length with Matt Nix and Bang Brothers about putting together a match. And, um, you know, it was it was Nix's idea to to have Iverson as tagged partner. And we thought it would just be such a fun play against the Bang Brothers. And it would be both, again, athletically impressive, and entertaining this is going to be a fun it's the perfect type of match for the stadium series for a friday night lights and then the final match that has been announced to this point a couple of guys one guy that's been on a few warrior shows before and cole radrick and another guy that's actually been behind the scenes at warrior but also been coming up both for chicago style wrestling and now recently freelance wrestling the limit breaker saban gage yeah, you mentioned this earlier that we love giving uh, a platform to folks that we think are the next generation. And we've felt that way about Saban Gage for a while. He's super talented. As Eric talked about a few other people a few minutes ago, super hard worker, just a great member of the wrestling community, in addition to being a great wrestler. And, and Cole Radrick is a measuring stick, right? Cole has been all around the country. He's really made a name for himself these last few years in GCW. So this is going to be, I think their, their styles are going to mesh really, really well well and i think it's going to be a really exciting match also cold radrick you mentioned gcw he's also the current black label pro champion he just beat billy starks for that title so he is definitely a guy that's gotten around and uh, he's done some really great matches for warrior as well yeah he's a great guy based out of indiana and just again can do everything from deathmatch to great technical wrestling he really is a complete package 
So, Eric, going back on this card now, uh, is there one particular match that really stands out for you? So, the, kind of the the uh, it hurts to say this, but the, the ones that FTC LLC are involved in are always something to watch. You know, the the does the luck run out? Does does their dastardly deeds uh, kind of finally catch up to them? Does karma in the universe, you know, come circling back? There's there's been quite a bit of bad energy, I would say, bad juju that Frank has been building up over the last few years in in Warrior Wrestling and some of the things that he's been doing and his 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 climb to where wherever he wants to go, and and so I, I'm always drawn to those. You know, uh, there Frank has never has never not been interesting. You know what I mean? And and so when he teamed up with with KC. They just went through the roof into the the stratosphere of possibilities. And I think this might be one of their biggest challenges yet, too. Like, as you said, Cardona is no no fool. He is collecting belts left and right. I mean, they have a past. They've wrestled before. Cardona, I believe, beat KC um, not that long ago, the last time they had a match. So that one, obviously, it's for the belt. It's KC. It's Frank. It's Cardona. It's just got it's got marquee all over it. So that that's obviously I think the one that stands out for me is literally anything can happen in that match. And Warrior Wrestling has had some great women's matches over the years too. So my next question is this: What is going on with the Warrior Wrestling Women's Championship? Uh, Athena was the champion the last time we saw it, but she's had commitments with AEW, ROH, and all that. So uh, any status update on the women's championship? Yeah, great question. Uh, she is still currently the champion. Uh, I don't know how or when that's going to get resolved. As you said, she's got a lot of commitments in other places. And one of the the pitfalls or the challenges of, of doing wrestling shows is that there's a lot of moving pieces with a lot of people and a lot of dates and a lot of commitments. And so I know there have been a, a couple of incredibly vocal folks in Facebook comments and Twitter, things like that. Um, but we're, we're doing what we can to, to try to get Athena back in a way that makes sense and, and fits with what we're doing and what she's doing. If we're not able to do that in the near future, we might have to do something differently with our women's title. But we've had on every show, and we will be putting on this show as well uh, in the next couple of days, uh, women's matches, because we believe in women's wrestling. We have from the very start. We had two women's matches in the very first Warrior Wrestling show. So we're going to continue to try to feature both women's wrestling stars and up and comers as far as the title though right now it's currently just on hold as well if something develops or changes we will announce that to everybody yeah and i don't think you just want to like right uh, willy-nilly like you know have her give it up or relinquish it like thunder rosa did because that would be two in a row that had to have done that so you really don't want to have to do that exactly right we want to avoid that as best as we possibly can and then uh, let's talk about the history of Warrior Wrestling a little bit. There's been so many great wrestlers that have competed at Warrior, some legends, some of today's hottest stars, and some great young wrestlers performing they, before they got their big break. That's one of the things I really, really love about Warrior. You've had elite stars like Will Ospreay, who was Warrior champion for several months, and more recently, El Hijo del Vikingo, who held the Lucha Championship for a while. And then... Obviously, there's great young wrestlers like Wesley, who before was Desmond Xavier and competed at Impact. And then Nathan Frazier, Cora Jade before they had NXT. And you got like Wardlow before he got signed to AEW. So what's it like to be a proving ground for a lot of young independent stars before they get a break? I would just say it's we're so happy for the people. You know, that's I, I spend a lot of time when I'm watching wrestling programming, sending text messages to the people that you were just listing, just saying congratulations or how happy we are for them. It, it's really cool. As Eric mentioned earlier, we're both teachers by trade. And it's kind of like, you know, you taught a kid in seventh grade or a junior year of high school, and then they become a doctor or they become an athlete in college or something. And you're just so happy, right? Like you, we played a very small role in the development, but whatever role we played, we're really happy to have played. So I don't think it's much that we've done other than provide a platform to people that we believe in and they use us among many other platforms to just step their way up. So I, I'm just always really proud of everybody. It just, um, it warms my heart. Yeah. We've been, we've been really lucky to work with, with that talent and uh, we continue to be, um, as we've already mentioned in this, this interview, we have lots of new talent coming in for this show and it, it, it is probably, I mean, I, I just, at this point, I just kind of assume 
most of the people we work with, we have a, a limited amount of time to to work with them because uh, they are, as Steve said, we are a stepping stone in their career. And there will come a time when uh, we won't be able to work with them as freely or as easily, or in some cases for the foreseeable future. And that is okay. Uh, we we never see ourselves as kind of like the 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 top. Uh, we we understand that that we are we want to you know help people reach their potential and kind of maximize uh, everything that they have inside of them to 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 go reach their dreams. And we've just been really really lucky that the people that have come through Warriors Curtain have been those kind of people. The people with the drive, the people with the talent, the people with the the soul and the heart and the passion. Um, and, and all of those things that you need. And so we, we kind of, we, we do, we, we get together when we watch uh, shows, you know, AEW has been in town. We were at Collision and, and Dynamite and, you know, it's fun. You, you, see, you see people who you kind of look at as professional friends, right? I mean, that, that you've seen years ago, you remember when they were first coming through, you know, and it's, it's, it is kind of like a proud papa kind of moment where it's like, oh man, it's, it's so great to see these people shine. And, you know, I, one of, one of my favorites was Sammy Guevara back when he, he debuted in, in Warrior 2 in our very first War of Attrition match and then came back, had an incredible match with DJ Z before he went and, and, and is experiencing great success. It's just, it's one of those things where it's just fun to celebrate the people. And I think that's what Steve and I really enjoy out of all of that, that side of warrior wrestling is being able to have these awesome, fun memories, but then also celebrate everything that they're doing beyond us. And that's just a great feeling. And you guys have had almost 30 shows now. This will be show number 30 coming up on Friday night. So can you think back? I know this is probably a lot to ask, but can you pick one favorite show out of those 29? Oof, you know, I, I've, I've been posed this question from time to time and it changes depending on uh, what I'm feeling. I, I think from early on, Warrior 6 and 7 stand out as being just incredibly packed, hot cards, amazing matches, a lot of first time people. Uh, there have been a lot of shows where Eric and I will look at each other afterwards and go, well, that was the best show we ever, we've ever done. And they, they feel really good. Some of the South Bend shows were incredible. Um, just true. This past January in South Bend was unreal, just unreal. And and the Talia Hall show this past February 28 was also incredible. Sometimes it's a combination of, of how hot the crowd is and how much the fans are responding. Sometimes it's the product in the ring. Like, wow, we got to host what just happened in that ring. If really pushed, I would probably say Warrior 7 is my favorite. And that was headlined by the Rascals versus Chaos, Cage versus ELP, Archer versus Brian Don't. Pillman, and Suzuki versus Tom Lawler. That that back half of that show just felt special. Be Like it just, like you're on, on cloud nine. So I, I would have to say seven. And you had Kurt Angle there too as a special guy. Yeah, gosh, we had Kurt Angle. There's Luch Man. There was there was more too, but I was just listing the back part of that. Yeah, it was a fun night. Yeah, uh, Eric, how about you? I don't, I don't know if I have an answer for favorite show. I haven't. I don't think I've I've been able to come to terms with that. I have some favorite moments from a lot of different shows and and a lot of different reasons. As I said before, Friday Night Lights, that very first show in August of twenty, uh, holds a special place just for what it meant beyond wrestling. It was big. I, I think that show was bigger than wrestling. It, wrestling was the the avenue with which we were able to bring people together, but it was more important about the human connection and the, the, the trust that the, the fans showed in us to, to say, you know, I've, I haven't done anything like this in, in a long time, but I trust these guys to do it the right way. So that has special moments, but I, I will never forget seven obviously stands out from the card the 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 heat like what Steve said back in January in South Bend when um, that Casey and Buddy Matthews match I mean it, it was it was on fire if 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 you if if there was a way you could take like Monsters Inc style if you could bottle up human screams and turn that into energy like the the, the Bendix Arena wouldn't have had a power bill for six months after that show you know so do I have one show. I can't, I can't put that together. I haven't, I haven't come to terms with that personally, but are, are there moments that stand out a hundred percent? Absolutely. I think there's always something on every warrior show that will stand out. And 
for my personal liking, I really did enjoy six and seven and even eight with the two wars of attrition matches. But my favorite, it still goes back. Warrior four. You had your main event with OVE against SCU. That was red hot. Both of those factions were red hot at that time. AEW was just coming around the corners there. And then obviously impact with OVE. And then that Sammy Guevara and DJZ match was on that show as well. And also you had Brian Cage against the other three rascals in a championship match. And, and that was just the, the tip of the iceberg for that one. That one was so much fun for me. Sam Adonis versus LaParco was on that show. Yes. I mean, it was, it was packed. Yeah, that, that was a, that was a great one. And um, I feel like the Lucha Bros were on that show too. Was that, was that Lucha Bros White Wolf? No, that was three. Three was, that was Lucha okay. Bros White Wolf. Yeah. But but and again, that's another one that like the, the, the moments. Like I mean, these you, you have Carlos Romo and Akid who uh, at, at that point, I don't think at least as a team had had wrestled in the States yet. And Akid had just had that incredible match with Zack Saber Jr. and and bringing them in and watching them go toe-to-toe with with uh the Lucha Bros was another one of those just incredible moments. You know, when you when I look back on it, I forget about some of the the really cool things that that we've been a part of and and again more great example of guys who have gone on to do incredible things you know after after being able to to spend some time with us just great stuff that was warrior three that was an outstanding match too you had a kid who's no axiom in nxt you had carlos romo who's doing some great things internationally and in the States and on the independence. And obviously the Lucha bros are just killer, man. I mean, with the ladder match at the box at the first all out and just now being ROH tag team champions, they've been amazing too. Yeah, no, it's, it's just, it, when you look back at who we've had the the blessing to have come through warrior wrestling, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah. Going back to that very first show, in May 2018, the main event was Alberto El Patron, a.k.a. Alberto De Rio, versus Jake Hager, a.k.a. Jack Swagger. And that was a rematch of a WrestleMania championship match. And then you had Ryan Cage, Nick Aldis, Eddie Edwards, Pentagon, Tessa Blanchard, Swaggle, James Ellsworth, Santos Escobar as El Hijo del Fantasma. You had Joaquin Wilde as DJZ. You had Mr. Stone as Robbie E., Chelsea Green, Deanna Perrazzo, and even local favorites like Matt Nix and Project Monix, and a couple of guys that have been at Warrior since day one. Frank the Clown, who I believe was a special guest referee, right? Yep. yep. In, in the Hornswoggle versus James Ellsworth match. And then uh, Sam Adonis as well. Yeah. No, we, we, and that's one of the things too is that we, you know, you found, we found in doing that first show, first couple of shows, who our people were going to be in some respects, right? That Frank was going to be back a lot. Sam was going to be back a lot. Brian Cage was going to be back a lot because of how wonderful they were to work with, how great they were as performers. And and sometimes it just takes you taking a chance on a performer and them taking a chance on you to forge a working relationship going forward. And I think those some of those early cards too, I to this day, I don't know how Steve put together Warrior One. Like that, that, that first main event, it, it's I, the idea that that a, a first show, right? This isn't like we've, this isn't 30. I mean, you could have taken that match and made that the main event of 30 or something and been like, oh, okay, that makes sense. They've been there. They've been around the block. They have a, people have heard of them at the very least, that Warrior Wrestling, I mean, people have heard of us. It, it wouldn't be shocking, but to, to have that kick us off and then Rey Mysterio a few months later on the second show, like, there, there have been so many kind of just blessing moments that like we we had no business <laughs> having that as like our first main event. We had no business having, you know, Rey Mysterio as our, as our second in our second show uh, ever. And and I think a lot of that has has just been kind of part of the fun story of Warriors, just being being uh, lucky enough to work with some of those incredible people, especially early on. You know, we we kind of as a company, we're able to jumpstart a little bit of our, our fan base, our trajectory, our, our just enjoyment and pleasure in, in, in the in the industry by being lucky enough to work with those incredible people so early. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about last year. You guys were on fire early part of the year. You were traveling all over the Midwest. You had Will Ospreay as a warrior wrestling champion. You had some serious momentum going into the summer and you announced the stadium series and all of a sudden there was no more stadium series. It was canceled. So do you think it was kind of 
maybe you guys put too much energy into it. They maybe got burned out. Were some other factors that kind of figured into that? Yeah. So it's a combination of a, a couple of things. Um, on my end, a, a whole bunch of stuff hit all at once. My wife uh, got, who was at the time six months pregnant, got COVID really badly. And I figured like, oh crap, I'm, I'm going to have it and be unable to do the show. We were, had been selling our condo, our old condo, and it fell through. And there's a bunch of stuff going on with that. And there's a couple other things just going on personally that just kind of made it almost impossible for me to commit to the amount of work and focus that a wrestling show was going to be. And I think, as you said too, we had been running so hot from January through June, we did seven shows. So more than one a month. And then the stadium series was upon us. And, and frankly, I don't think I did a good job or we as a team did a good job of promoting it or putting it together as best as we should have. So financially, it wasn't going to be feasible to, to follow through with it. So everything that was happening to me and, and everything that was shaping up to, to not be successful business-wise, we just had to, to take a, a breather. We just had to pull the plug and, and regather ourselves and get our wits about ourselves and then return in the fall. I think we ran ourselves a little bit ragged doing, you know, when we started this, we were doing two or three shows a year. And then we did seven shows in six months on tour. And, and I think part of that is we just overran our supply lines a little bit. And you guys putting together the great shows, show after show after show, to put it in a uh, kind of a crass way, you don't want to half-ass it at all. No, no. you don't, And that's the thing, right? You don't, if it becomes work, we shouldn't be doing it anymore. Yeah. And uh, what are we looking at for the future of Warrior Wrestling? Not you guys are coming back for Friday Night Lights. You're going to have to show back at Murray. And now you're going to be traveling around the Chicago area. And I would assume you're going to probably hit South Bend and a few other places again as well. Yeah, I think we've really found, um, you know, we did four touring markets in 2022, Grand Rapids, South Bend, Indianapolis, and St. Louis. I don't know that we'll go back to all of them, but South Bend is absolutely a second home to us, and Grand Rapids is a third home maybe. We'd love to get up to Milwaukee at some point as well. The reality is, too, that we're looking at different models for how we do what we do, uh, both from a logistics and financial standpoint and distribution. You know, we've been on Fight TV, we've been on PWTV, we've been free over the air on YouTube with sponsors. We've got to find the right sweet spot for what makes sense going forward because the very nature of independent wrestling has changed drastically in the last five years, just as it had from five years prior, right? And the, the model that worked for Warrior Wrestling in 2018, that was five years ago, isn't a feasible model in 2023. There's a, a bunch of new great things that, that are here in the world of wrestling, but there's other challenges and things. So we've got to sit back and figure out what makes the most sense for Warrior Wrestling going forward. Are we going to be able to present you know, former WrestleMania main events anymore, or do we have to kind of think about it in a new way and present something different that folks aren't seeing through the big companies? So I don't have a, a solid answer for you other than to say we're, Eric and I are constantly talking and we're constantly having that discussion of what makes sense next for us. So we're not going anywhere, but we've got to figure out what it makes sense to do going forward. And you kind of mentioned a, a formula that you guys are, are could be doing in the future. And you, you're kind of doing it this Friday night, June the 30th with Friday Night Lights at Dave Matteo Field on the campus of Marion Catholic High School in South Suburban Chicago Heights. Showtime, 7 o'clock. VIP Fan Fest from 5 to 6.30. Gates open for non-VIPs at 6.30. And this show features some big-time talent, plus some up-and-coming local talent as well, which I think it's a really great mix for the fans. Yeah, that's what we're trying to do is, is find that right balance. And what about tickets for the show? Where can fans get tickets? Everything's available at warriorwrestling.net. Tickets for the show. Our socials are at Warrior Wrestling. No vowels in wrestling, W-R-S-T-L-N-G. Um, that's Instagram, Twitter, et cetera. We're on Facebook. But all the, the tickets are on warrior, warriorwrestling.net. And if somehow, unfortunately, if you get stuck working your shoot job like I am, you can also catch it live on the Warrior Wrestling YouTube channel. I'm very excited for that as well. And one of your great sponsors has kind of helped out uh, facilitate that. Yeah, we're excited to be working with Manscaped for this show, which is a great provider of various manly grooming products, as well as boxers and other things like that. They've got really cool stuff. I actually uh, have a kit 
that they sent, uh, which is really, really cool. And, and some boxers. And we, because we're partnering with them, if anybody wants to, to buy some stuff from them, you can get 20% off using the code warrior wrestling at checkout. Uh, I highly encourage folks to do that. It helps us to show them that, that we're spreading the word and being a good partner. So anything from $5 creams all the way up to fancy shavers, everything's available at manscaped.com. Yeah. I was going to say, I've, I've been able to use some of those creams on my beard and it's been, it's been a big help this summer. It's been really nice. <laughs> Very cool. Steve and Eric, anything else to add before we let you go? No, just I'm, I'm happy to see you again, my friend. I, I missed talking to you and I know you won't be able to be there on the 30th, but hopefully uh, next time around or some other time soon we can catch up. Absolutely. Looking forward to seeing the show and hopefully we can get together at some point to whether it be at a show or otherwise. Always awesome to catch up with the guys from Warrior Wrestling, Steve Tortorello and Eric Hamilton. We thank them for their hospitality at past Warrior Wrestling shows, and they're just awesome to talk to about wrestling. They're huge wrestling fans, they're great promoters, and they always bring great wrestling to Warrior Wrestling. And you can catch Friday Night Lights this Friday night at Marion Catholic High School in Chicago Heights. All right, next week we're going to recap Money in the Bank talk some local action, and as part of our coverage and sponsorship for WAW North America's A Night to Remember, we welcome someone who has refereed all over the world, and he's coming to Tinley Park to ref this special event, former WWE referee, Rantoul's own, Justin King, and he'll be right here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody.